1: Hello and welcome. I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. Our topic today is the Skinwalker Ranch and paranormal hitchhikers, and I'm delighted to be with Robert Bigelow, who is the former owner of the Skinwalker Ranch, the founder of the National Institute for Discovery Science that began research at the Bigelow Ranch and also the I'm going to say supervisor of the OSAP program, a program funded by the United States government that also involved research at the Skinwalker Ranch. OSAP stands for Advanced Aerospace Weapons Systems Application Program. Welcome again, Robert. Thank you, Jeffrey. Good to be back. It's good to be with you. The Skinwalker Ranch, when you first bought it, was relatively unknown. Now, I think the TV series on the History Channel is in its fourth season. Of course, all of that publicity uh, on the History Channel began after you sold the property. you were never really interested in uh the kind of publicity that's been generated but it it's become pretty famous at this point
0: yeah well and it all started with a phone call from uh, a government guy and um he said you can you can uh, I'm going to give you the phone numbers to validate and verify what I'm that I am who I say I am so this turned out to be Jim Lacasky mm-hmm. and um and so he was a senior uh manager for Defense Intelligence Agency and um he wanted to talk about the Skinwalker Ranch. And I'm thinking, what does this guy from DIA want to do with the Skinwalker Ranch? You know, so that phone call was really very interesting. That precipitated uh the entire program, really.
1: And I assume the phone call came some years after you had already initiated research there, it did. It did. It definitely did. So we
0: already had uh, uh, an organization set up in terms of our own staff—that uh, security staff, security guards, and uh, a, uh, a veterinarian that could do necropsies was a, a permanent guy on our staff. And so, in my philosophy on the Skinwalker Ranch was. <clears throat> to protect it, um, in a sense, I was the, I was the uh, groundskeeper in a way. Mm-hmm. I'm just the, uh, the caretaker mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to protect it from being overrun by people from the outside
1: so that we could study what was going on there. You purchased it, I think you indicated, around 1996. Yes, somewhere around that time. I've had a discussion on this channel with John Alexander who was on your staff back in those days who witnessed some uh, extraordinary things there. We've talked to Colm Kelleher. In fact, what I will do is uh, for viewers who are interested, I'm linking in the upper right-hand corner of your screen to those earlier interviews about the Skinwalker Ranch, but uh, it's always associated with your name being the fact that you owned it for nearly 20 years.
0: Well, and we, uh, we piggybacked on uh, uh, work that other people had done. Um, uh, there was a book, a great book written by a, a biologist. He was a school teacher. He researched and came up with 400 legitimate cases. Of close encounters in the Uinta Basin,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Frank Salisbury, mm-hmm. Frank Salisbury, and he wrote a very good book. And so, that was our that was my preliminary introduction to what's this whole valley about, what's going on here. And then we established relationships with the sheriff's department and Bureau of Indian Affairs uh, police, and and uh, <clears throat> we realized that. Uh, a lot of the outlying and contingent ranches, uh, contiguous to Skinwalker, had events happen all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Um, uh, but <clears throat> it was it was an amazing laboratory.
1: Well, I suppose many people might say you were very brave to purchase a place that was regarded, even by the man who sold it to you, as haunted
0: well he he terry sherman was uh, a pretty courageous guy he lived there for a couple of years or so Mm -hmm. and uh, had his wife and his children there and uh, uh, had all kinds of things happen that would have scared a normal person off the property a lot sooner Mm -hmm. and um, and then with his wife getting fired from the bank and everything and and just because she happened to mention to a couple of friends there what what she was going through, it was quite quite amazing. The sidebar stories that he would he would tell us, you know, and and uh, um, I think he came to NIDS and made a presentation.
1: And, and you saw it as a research opportunity.
0: Oh gosh, yes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the, and there were confirmations all over the place, yeah. not just from our own staff, but our own staff. You know, it's not fabricating things, but then, of course, neighbors and and police officers and sheriff's people, mm-hmm. you know, and some of the sheriff's stories were amazing, a couple in particular,
1: unbelievable. But what was Lakatsky's interest? It must be strange that you got a phone call from a man, a high-ranking manager at the Defense Intelligence Agency, saying, we're interested in your haunted ranch. I think he was interested in the locomotive
0: capabilities of UFOs. Mm -hmm. He, by uh, professional training, was a rocket engineer. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, that had to be very intriguing for him as to how were
1: these things doing what they were doing. I would agree that's a very interesting topic. But... One would think that there might be better locations than, than the ranch had. A lot of paranormal phenomena and UFOs, to my knowledge, were a small part of that. It is one of several locations in the United States that we had
0: our eye on. Mm-hmm. In fact, before our program was cancelled, I was getting prepared to have another location to either purchase it or make an arrangement. To use it as another living laboratory mm-hmm. and it was
1: within the united there were two others That's within the united states true. yeah which you didn't go ahead on them I mean. no so so at the ranch you you'd already been observing for several years before lakatsky called you one of the things i know that was associated with the property were cattle mutilations right
0: yeah so i i'm sure you know the the book goes into that. Uh, the calf mutilation was really interesting, uh, and typically of, of all, it was very typical of all the mutilation cases. There's no blood on the ground, you know. So, how are you that neat and clean to be able to not disturb ground and uh, there's no blood? So how did you eliminate that blood, right? And um, but there are. <coughs> Uh, many, many different kinds of mutilation stories that are uh, really quite phenomenal. And predators will not like coyotes; they don't want anything to do with a mutilated cow. Mm. Uh, there's some kind of something they sense yeah. that keeps them up. They all go so close, and then that's it. They won't, they won't chew on it. <clears throat> so it's never a function of predators caused the initial cavities and and
1: incisions and so forth that were made. Um, They seem to be made with surgical precision, not with animal teeth.
0: Absolutely. And it's often said that it's the most successful crime. Because they have
1: been in the thousands, and nobody has ever been caught. And uh, I mean, it was, to my understanding, the the cattle industry saw it as as a real problem. Well, the ranchers sure have in different places. Like Terry,
0: suffered financially, mm-hmm. uh, seriously for for his cows being
1: mutilated. Yeah. So th- that was a. It's a very serious mystery. Still remains an unsolved mystery, and and you had plenty of documentation of it at at the ranch. But that didn't interest Letatsky particularly.
0: I don't think so. I think that was a sidebar. Those yeah. kinds of things were sidebars. Mm-hmm. I think the spooks at uh the, the shadow figures walk through the rooms through one wall and through an, to another wall i think those were i think my guess is he would have loved to get his hands on the propulsion topic but spooks
1: walking through walls or shadows that seem to walk through walls. And there are many other things I know that, that were observed, apparent poltergeist kinds of events, psychokinetic activity, but none of that would be particularly of interest to Lekadsky either.
0: Not in a direct kind of way. I think an ancillary kind of peripheral way yeah. it was, um, <clears throat> because he was still a scientist because he had curiosity and I think that's where a lot of scientists stop being scientists is they stop having curiosity Mm -hmm. and maybe it's a function of they're intimidated by their peers Mm -hmm. to the point to where they don't dare express an interest in something Mm -hmm. that's esoteric right and and at that point I think they've lost Mm
1: -hmm. the essence of being a scientist. Mm -hmm. I mean I've heard people criticize the work on the Skinwalker Ranch saying it was supposed to be about UFO research, but you came up with very little uh, regarding uh, spacecraft UFOs as, as crafts. No, I don't think there were any photographs or uh, any uh, sightings more extraordinary than the thousands of others that are reported all the time.
0: We began having a shift and from what Terry Sherman saw, mm-hmm. was spacecraft and spacecraft demonstrations, oh. including the cattle mutilations, yes. but spacecraft demonstrations. You mean there were spacecraft associated? In his field? fields. In fact, we we were there uh, when uh, Davis and... Uh, Eric Davis. Eric Davis, and I think Colin was in the field at that time, I'm not yeah. sure. When there was a spacecraft co-mingled in the top of cottonwood trees. Oh. It was blocking out some of the the limbs and some of the stars.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And there was a telepathic exchange going on, or broadcast to Eric mm-hmm. uh, at that time. But we had balls of light that would, that would dance around, but we didn't have a proliferation, though, like Terry Sherman did. And it, but it shifted for us mm-hmm. more into um, a consciousness kind of, of activity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe you had, a, you know, discarnate beings mm-hmm. <clears throat> or something that was co-dimensional yeah. with the
1: ET beings right. that was discarnate and I know you've reported to me how, uh, all the orbs that were photographed, and in fact, you in particular seem to have uh, a, a, a talent for photographing so these orbs I, well, I, I would work with a, a select one or two
0: of our of our security guys and nobody else, mm-hmm. and I would say, "Here's what I want you to do." and a lot of people didn't even know that this was going on, mm-hmm. you know, and so um, the ball and jack experiment was was widely known because somebody else came up with, not me, came up with that. It might have been one of our security people, I don't remember. And that was a really good idea. And it worked. Mm-hmm. It was really acted upon. We took before and after pictures. Yep. And it was great how you know we had <clears throat> good control of the environment, but not enough to, to aggravate the performance. Like if you had cameras, you're aggravating it. Mm-hmm. So the ball and jack experiment, can you explain that for yeah. our viewers? So we got good sized jacks that were probably an inch square mm-hmm. and a ball the size of a golf ball, yes. roughly. Uh let me maybe a little smaller. And so our ranch manager and one of our security officers used the kitchen table in the double wide t- trailer to set it up. Yeah. So they arranged them in a circle mm-hmm. and they put the ball in the middle of the circle. Right. And we took a photograph. Mm-hmm. And um they weren't done very neatly. And the reason we knew that is because after they were acted upon, we saw how neat, neatly they were set up. Okay. So they were set up so the ranch manager, security guy, go outside. There's nobody else in the trailer. They wait 30 seconds and come back in. Nothing's been changed. They go back outside. They wait a minute. They come back in everything's changed. It's not a circle, it's a horseshoe.
2: Uh-huh.
0: The ball is outside of the horseshoe. All of the jacks were paired in color. In fact, when we did the before and after photographs, I, I had, uh, Charles had uh, photographs there and I said, now, look at these jacks. What do you, what do you notice? Mm. Well, he didn't make a comment too much, but I said, well, look, every single
1: color is that we have pairs of colors, and they're all paired. It sounds as as if it was some sort of an effort to really communicate. I think that's what
0: demonstrations are. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, you have a thousand different kinds or a million different kinds of demonstrations in the consciousness world. And I think all of that is a communication. Mm -hmm. It's, It's not just, oh... Here, look at me, I move something for you. It's, I move something, Now will figure out what it took to move it. Why did it move? How did it move? And so you start thinking about that, and you realize, well, it's not in our physics, you know. And uh, it's, it's, in, it's in another dimension is interacting in our dimension. And with ease, mm-hmm. with impunity, with ease, and, and any time,
1: yeah.
0: and very powerfully.
1: And I guess a very important thing to cover are what are known as the hitchhikers mm-hmm. that yeah. people experience that you experienced.: I did, and uh, we all
0: did. Mm-hmm. column did. Um, all of the government people that all we of all of them did, yeah. and too seriously. In in a sense that they weren't physically hurt, I'm trying to think of the wife and the two children. I I don't think they were physically hurt. They were just under constant being constantly traumatized Mm -hmm. by so many really weird things manifesting. Creatures. Creatures. Very weird, weird, weird things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the other guys, these are people from different agencies, different military and, you know, different backgrounds.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And our own program manager was on property for an hour. And he had a custom uh, demonstration for him. And the, the thing that's neat about demonstrations is that you don't forget them because they're so unique and profound if you look at the how and what it took, and then you start to pay attention to more of other people's stories because you've had personal experiences, and you can trade stories, mm-hmm. but you, but they're in their situation, you learn by their stories as to something that you haven't read about or encountered yourself personally, mm-hmm. and that's what the whole, um you know, the the
1: research and the adventure really is is about learning. So, there were government employees, military intelligence people who came out from Washington to visit this ranch in Utah. And when they returned to their homes in Washington, it seemed as if the types of phenomena that occurred typically at the ranch, began occurring, sometimes right in their homes.
0: Yeah, and it wouldn't be that uh, that uh, things are repeated uh, uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. That, har- that hardly ever occurs, that they're exactly repeated. Mm-hmm. And it also occurs when the phenomena feels like it. Mm-hmm. When they want to, when it wants to. And um, also, <clears throat> like I would have somebody ready with a camera, mm-hmm. and I would say to him, all oh, right, now, when you just get the sense that you should, that so, the, the urge to go ahead and take that photograph and point it at a certain place, do it right then. Mm-hmm. Don't question it. Just do it mm-hmm. as you have that that urge to do it, because something may be urging you mm-hmm. to do it. And he caught some, caught some amazing things: one, uh, an object lifting off of a dresser; uh, one where the photons wouldn't go beyond the edge of the bed. Oh, yeah. He was laying in bed and took pictures and there's a dresser and a mirror on the wall mm-hmm. and a four feet of space between the end of the uh, footboard for the bed mm-hmm. and the dresser. Photons stopped <clears throat> at the edge of the bed and there was a very faint outline of something mm-hmm.
1: beyond. Mm-hmm.
0: But those photons should never have stopped that short a distance.
1: It suggests the possibility of being able to detect whatever this presence is.
0: Well, from him. But uh, the lesson is, the presence can tweak what you couldn't tweak on your camera. And who could? Who can create a bar of light that's just light, that's not in physical enclosure of any kind? My wife had that happen. And there are examples in the spiritualist literature as well. Those are really interesting lessons because mm-hmm. you you can't stop these photons coming from your you know your lights in this room. Uh, th- these walls could be another ten feet out, and you'd still have some light that would yes. that would show on a surface. Right. But boom, not right past here. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> you know. And then they would have like a full. Sasquatch creature standing in the doorway, yeah. filling up the entire doorway.
1: At their home in? In, in the BC. double wide. Oh, and, oh, on the property. Yeah. On the property.
0: These things were done on property. I yeah. did a lot of experiments where I said, okay, um, here's what I want you to do there. And then I we did one series where I was asking for things to show up in Las... Uh, I was asking in Las Vegas mm-hmm. for things to show up at the ranch. Yes in being witnessed by at least two people mm-hmm. with the proof being a digital camera. Yes. So they were orbs. Mm-hmm. And they needed to be assembled. I was asking for certain geometries.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I got three out of four dead correct. Yes. And the fourth one I got cavalier, overconfident, and careless. Mm-hmm. My fault and Three of uh, uh, four orbs were in the right position the fourth one was not mm. and i think that's why i lost my concentration I lost my focus
1: well you have shown me images where there looked like there might have been hundreds of orbs in the picture
0: oh and even thousands and i can't find the key picture i've been looking for that picture to show you where one is so it's it's so bright enveloping this man sitting on a chair who was sick mm. complaining of being sick and his partner was there with a camera and um there's all darkness behind him, and there was no ambient light from moonlight or anything because in the or outside this darkness, you could see the outline of maybe a tree or a building or something. It was just black, 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 mm-hmm. and then they're asking for help and kind of praying and so on, and all of a sudden, oh my gosh, it's so bright. You can't identify anything except light mm-hmm. in a large area around him and then it starts to get to where it thins out yeah. and out here you can start to count some individual ones that aren't so clustered yeah. that you can't count them. And Was he healed? Yeah, he absolutely was, right it, there on the spot. It, he
1: felt great. This was at the ranch? Yeah, at night. Yeah, yeah of course at night. Well, I think it, you told me at one time you were getting so many orbs that you began to get tired of them.
0: I was I was actually getting a little I don't Jeffrey it I, I was getting I hate to say it I was getting a little bored mm-hmm. and because I could take pictures anytime I wanted around my house outside inside and If I had them taken them outside I, and I wanted bigger ones I could request it or more of them mm-hmm. they would happen and I I <clears throat> I was just friggin spoiled. I was spoiled, and um I think maybe those were the early days of the of the aerospace company, and so I was really trying to push that company to make it be something yeah. right you know and um but wow, you know, then my wife would have these these visitations and these uh inside the house. And uh, years before that, we had a poltergeist event <clears throat> that was fun. Um, my wife and I always went, and we both did a big out for, for Halloween. We had a lot of great things to give away. Mm-hmm. Tables full of stacks of things, mm-hmm. you know. i half pound candy bars if we could find them and everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um it was Halloween Eve, and... <clears throat> You'll, know, and in the uh, front foyer of the house, it was hardwood floors and then the staircase going up and dining room and, and living room off to the left and right uh, before you go up the stairs. And so the tables are all spread out and it's 11 o'clock at night. We're all ready for tomorrow
2: mm-hmm.
0: for the kids. And uh, we're laying there talking. And all of a sudden, crash, bang, bang, boom, 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 boom. And it sounded like <laughs> uh, packages of, uh, Malt balls or jawbreakers just opened up and went all over the hardware floor. Bum, 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 mm-hmm. bum, 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 The sound lasted for several seconds. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, at least that long. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, okay, I'll go clean it up. And she said, okay, all right. So I said, just stay here, I'll go take care of it. So I go down the stairs. Nothing's wrong. Mm-hmm. Nothing. The polar guys had given the noise, but not the dim- not the mm-hmm. three-dimensional effect, mm-hmm. but the noise. Mm-hmm. Produced the noise. So he had to have a lot of fun. So I can appreciate that. He was having or she was having a good mm-hmm. good time and that, mm-hmm. that's okay. And so Diane didn't believe me. Mm-hmm. She got out of bed and came downstairs. Because she said, Oh I'll come now, well i I'm, t- I'm coming down. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't believe her eyes that nothing was wrong. The tables were perfect. Mm-hmm. Was this
1: before the Skinwalker? I think or?
0: it was. It was, it, we hadn't, I don't think we'd been in the house all that long. We had been there eventually for 33 years, mm-hmm. but um, I don't think we'd been there
1: all that long, maybe eight years or something mm-hmm. before Skinwalker. Well, I know you have to get to the airport soon, so I, we should wrap up this particular segment, but uh, in closing, I gather that the reason you sold. The Skinwalker Ranch ultimately was that people were having these hitchhiker effects; that they were being troubled by poltergeist activity and creatures that would appear in their backyards, and and you felt helpless. You didn't know how you could protect these people.
0: Yeah, I think there were there were several reasons. Uh, that, that was the biggest one that I, I, I had no way, really knowing how much things were going to get carried away, you know, and. Uh, which we later had to prepare for separately mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it happened. But, but, uh, so harm coming to people was number one. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, um, the, we were going full bore in the aerospace company mm-hmm. and by 2017, um, you know, that was before COVID <laughs> and, uh, before my wife's passing mm-hmm. and, uh, she passed in February of 2020. And so, I was her caretaker mm-hmm. in 2019, 18, and 17, mm-hmm. 16. She didn't want nurses around, so I was her caretaker. The aerospace was a big part of that. And we we just kind of, I guess, um, maybe outgrowing it isn't quite the right word because how can you ever outgrow something mm-hmm. so phenomenal? I think it is, we weren't too sure what else we should do with it. Yeah and we you know we kept having these demonstrations and so forth um but we didn't particularly want to respond to you want to come over to our side
2: mm-hmm.
0: so well no wait a second what does that entail we're not we're not sure about that no yeah, right. no no you know all in good time you mean you felt
1: like you, there was an invitation
0: well we didn't want it to get to that point uh-huh. you know how much how much do you try to communicate and then things are set up more and more and more and more suggestive, and so on, you don't want what could happen happen or anything like that so um, and because a lot of things that we were doing shouldn't have succeeded, yeah. so we had re- we had some kind of a rapport going on yeah. right, mm-hmm. so we were getting to know you mm-hmm. right, yeah. getting to know all about you, yeah so <clears throat> so we weren't in dating frame of mind yet. We're just trying to understand the who Mm -hmm. and the parameters. And we have nothing to do with control. We have nothing to do with stopping you from anything. We we try to be as much in harmony as we can. And uh, my philosophy with the other side is, uh, I think, really boils down to two things. Stop asking what they can do for me. I want to know, what can I do for the other side? That's number one. Is there something or some things I can do for the other side that's meaningful? And the second is, um, what advice and wisdom can you offer us as to how should we operate and manage our institute, Bix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what can we... So I'm we, trying to get advice yeah. from the other side. And they could say, you know, we've been trying to tell you that's what all these hunches are for. Mm-hmm. All this intuition for that you've been ignoring. Mm-hmm. We've been pounding on your door just like the story about God and the guy on the roof of his house and, and the flood. Right. You know, and he's praying. Yeah. And finally, here comes a guy with a boat. And the guy says, no, I, I'm praying for God for help. And here comes another guy with a boat. And he says, no, I'm praying for God for help. i finding no more boats. He says, you've forsaken me, God. Why have you forsaken me? And the voice says, what do you want? I just sent you two boats. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs>
1: but, you know. Well, Robert, this has been a great conversation. It's certainly a window into your world and into the world of the paranormal, a very important window. And I know we'll be back again with more interviews talking about the future. What can we learn from the other side and how can we, if at all, be of assistance to them? Okay. Thank you. I look forward to it. I look forward to it. Thank you for being with me, Robert. And for those of you watching or listening, thank you for being with us. You are the reason we are here.
2: you yeah. can't yeah. yeah.
1: We've just released issue number two of the New Thinking Allowed quarterly magazine. You can download a free copy at the New Thinking Allowed Foundation website, newthinkingallowed.org. I imagine that by now many of you already realize that in conjunction with White Crow Books, we've just launched the New Thinking Allowed Dialogues book imprint. and Our first title is... Is there life after death?